Hey there, busy teachers. I'm Jodie and I'm obsessed with all things teacher related. With over a decade of teaching and leadership experience, I'm here alongside some incredible voices of the teaching profession to share some wisdom and tips with you. As teachers, we love to teach, but we live to learn. And so this is the time for you to sit back, relax and absorb some magical teachings that will help lift and inspire you. This is the Busy Teachers Club podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the podcast. So today I have the pleasure of talking with Andy Gibson, who I've also had the pleasure of working with in the same school for a number of years. Andy's got an abundance of experience working with ECTs and has recently secured the new position of head of the early career framework with initial teacher training, meaning he is in charge of what the support looks like for ECTs where he works, which is a national kind of picture. So I'm really excited about this conversation so that we can tap into Andy's expertise and learn a little bit more about the life of an ECT and what support they need. So welcome to the show, Andy. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much for having me with you, Jodie. And, you know, pleasure's all mine, definitely. <laughs> so let's dive right in then. So what first in, what first interested you about working within the world of ECT and ITT support? Well, for me, um, and I'm thinking about all leaders and also in line with the most recent published evidence, we know that the most crucial years of professional development are those early ones. Also, the DFE's recruitment and retention figures, when I first looked at them a few years ago, and frankly, they alarmed me. And I wanted to make sure that I could do something to ensure that I was able to work to correct these. The world of initial teacher training and the early career framework, it really keeps your mind fresh and open to the best changes in pedagogy, the most interesting developments and the most interesting ways of teaching. Honestly, I absolutely love it. Oh, it sounds like it. Um, that's amazing. And it's really good that you really want to make a difference. Because I think when you find your passion, and you find something that you're really kind of interested in, then you work harder and you gain more kind of positive experience within that field. So it's always good to have somebody working for ECTs and ITTs that actually really cares about it and is passionate Absolutely. about it. Mm. Yeah. So you were, um, just give people a bit of a kind of like outline of your role at the school that we worked at together and then the role that you've gone on to do just briefly. Yes. Yeah, so when we worked together, I um, originally was the professional development coordinator. So looking at our actual staff and how we can best develop them professionally at all levels. Um, my role then quickly changed into leader of initial teacher training. So still looking at developing staff, but in those early year settings. And that's that's actually what I've continued to do. So as you said in the intro, my um, my role now across the trust that I'm working for on a national basis is to look at early career teachers so that's in their training years and those first two critical years when they're ECTs and how mm -hmm. we can best develop and support them because you know you, you think back to when we trained Jodie and one year doing a PGC and then sending you out into the big bad world of <laughs> teaching what other industry do you only have one year of training it's just nonsensical yeah. Um, yeah. and that's that's where I want to make sure that teachers and trainees and leaders and mentors do understand that that you know this is an ongoing journey for everybody 
Yeah, definitely. So we're going to have a look into your world and we're going to dive into it a little bit from two perspectives during this chat. So through the mm -hmm. lens of an ECT and also the lens of a teacher supporting an ECT in the capacity of a mentor, for example. So if we start with the ECTs, then what can they mm -hmm. expect in their first year, do you think? In their first year, I'd say absolutely, not even from day one, but before that, as soon as they've had that interview and they know that in that September they're going to be starting, there will be a big emphasis on subject knowledge and pedagogy. Now, that's not just to say for your secondary listeners, but even the ones that are going to be going down the primary school route, subject knowledge is going to be absolutely massive. It's, it's really hammered up in terms of the new core content framework and early career framework um uh, one thing that i definitely feel we'll be talking about later on in the podcast is observations and that's what i would just say yeah. expect to be observed and when i say that a lot but if you just come to terms with it and normalize it and see observations which i'm sure we'll talk about later under a more positive lens then you really don't need to worry about that but we are in a profession where you will be observed and just expect it's going to happen and then I guess my third and final tip would be expect to not be perfect. And that's absolutely OK. You are going to be an early career teacher. And we, nearly, we really need to remember that this will be completely new to you at the beginning when you're having an observation or you're doing something it didn't go right. That's fine. So don't worry if you're not amazing at the beginning. Who, who of us were? Yeah, absolutely. I think that they're three very, very powerful things to, to remember. I think subject knowledge is obviously really key and that can feel quite daunting if you've got like a particular area of expertise within your subject. But if you just chip away at that kind of slowly but surely, um, you know, that, that can be a little bit more manageable. And I really liked how you talked about observations. Expect them, but try to look at them in a bit more of a positive light. They are part of the journey because ultimately that's what highlights areas for development so that you can move forward in your teaching journey and like you say you know we're not expecting to be perfect you know perfect straight away I certainly wasn't in my NQT year you know even though I'd had a really um positive um PGCE with some glowing feedback stepping into that first teaching role in a tough inner city school was hard it was a hard um you know tr transition really from from that training to, to teaching so you know not expecting to be perfect because the person that I kind of came up against the most in my NQT year um was myself like it was my own mm. expectations it was my own kind of like looming over myself oh you didn't get outstanding in that first observation you're a failure you know it's that kind of negative self-talk so yeah absolutely positive being kind to yourself but but seeing observations in a positive way I think is really powerful yeah and um, so what would be your top three tips then for ECTs in terms of keeping afloat because it is tough and it is a lot of work um, and it can be a really challenging year so how can they help themselves during this year? think actually unpicking what you've just said there's there's no shying around the fact that when you're training to be a teacher as is in a lot of careers I'm not underselling that but training to be a teacher is hard there's a lot of work that you put into it and one thing that I would say from the get-go you need to work smart set yourself some smart targets and for those 
people who obviously don't understand what that means. Your smart targets need to be specific. They need to be measurable. They need to be achievable. They need to be relevant. And you need to set yourself a time frame. Always have that in mind. If you are working smart and taking advantage of every single bit of time and every single bit of CPD or feedback that you get, then you're going you're gonna to want to hit the ground running. You're going to succeed um uh, my next my next target again it kind of comes back to observations but not under the same guise of you being observed um go out and observe best practice Um, go and see practitioners who are strong in their subjects go and see other trainees honestly the amounts that i remember when i was training i learned from people who are at my level and even when i'm leading my programs now i say go and see other trainees who are at your level Um, it's it is the in my opinion it is the best cpd that you will ever have um observing other teachers is fantastic and mm-hmm. i guess my last my last tip would be don't take it personally you are going to get some feedback you're gonna want to bury your head in the sand and think oh my gosh that didn't go well but you know what brush yourself off and move on from it if you develop from that feedback take the positives take it constructively and think how can I target that and how can I move on Um, and it's what I'd say to any listener listening out there being an ECT or or even a teacher or a leader yeah yeah I love that last one that not taking it it's so hard isn't it it's so hard Mm -hmm. when scrutiny is involved on any level but I really like that advice of just trying to take it on board and then let it go leave it where it is because if you hold on to that and you take that through your you know, next year, that's going to be an extra weight for you to carry that you simply don't need to. Um, so yeah, really great advice there for um, for keeping afloat during that challenging year. Um, so let's go back to observations then briefly. Mm-hmm. So this part of the learning stage can cause feelings of anxiety. We've talked about this and stress, you know, and as much as we kind of say, like, don't put too much pressure on it or try to look at observations in a positive way, you know, some might argue that that's easier said than done. So what practical things can ECTs um, or trainee teachers do in terms of dealing with this this kind of constant scrutiny around observations? I think you make a really good point about the fact that they 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 are difficult and it is easier said than done what I'm about to convey right now but observations are part of our career and if you come to terms with that and again it is easier said than done what I would say to anybody listening is try and normalize that process remember that they are constructive opportunities to gain feedback if you work with the person that is observing you that might be your mentor it might be a head of department it might be another trainee but if you emphasize the feedback stage of that observation then actually you you will go leaps and bounds in terms of normalizing it because people always say to me that they're nervous about being watched in lesson and I always think well aren't you aren't you more nervous about the thing that comes after that actually hearing about what somebody's watched Uh, and actually they they then say oh god yeah you're right and then just just normalize that process but think about the feedback process in my term, in my view, as the most important part of the observations, because that's the point where you can discuss 
what has happened, you can then set those smart targets. And if there is something that's coming out of those observations, then change the way observations happen for you. Make them work for you. That might be about having focused observations, for example. If you know that at the moment, all of your students are working quite well, but you're really not stretching that high end, then that just means that the next time you have an observation, have a focused observation on high achievement. What I would also say as well, to really help you in terms of observations, don't just focus on that one, two formal time a week that you're observed. Informal observations, whenever there is a member of staff in your classroom during your training year, you're being observed, yet people seem to not really have a problem about that. Informal observations, (laughs) learning walks, um, uh, you know, whatever you call them in your setting, um, they are in my opinion, as if not more valuable than the mm-hmm. formal observations because you're a little bit more relaxed. So what you're actually getting seen is in your more comfortable and natural state. So once mm-hmm. you come to terms with the informal side of it, you'll probably just be a little bit more relaxed in the formal side as well. Yeah, definitely. I really, really like that as, as advice there. I, I want to just pull out a couple of things that you said. So you were mm. talking about the feedback stage of an observation being really crucial and and mm. how actually that should be a discussion. And mm-hmm. in an ideal world, that would be the case. You know, it would be a case of sitting down together and, you know, talking through the feedback, discussing it together. Um, what if you're in a setting where that's not the support you're getting? So what if you are in a setting where you've received, you've had a formal observation and somebody is sat in front of you reading out their notes that they've made on you? They're all pretty negative. What if that's your experience of an observation? What, what are your options then as an ECT? Um, it's difficult, I'm about to say, especially when you hear it, but it's it's about having the courage to actually say to the person giving your feedback, can can we actually go through a few of my mm-hmm. positives first? Because feedback shouldn't just be in it. And I'm glad you've asked because I, I have had to advise ECTs and ITTs on these situations in the past. Um, feedback shouldn't just be a constructive criticism or constructive points. It should be a time where that observer can praise what they have seen in under any guise as well. Development points are absolutely fine, but have the courage to say, this is how I would like my feedback sessions to go remember they are your feedback sessions so take ownership of what you're going to be experiencing yeah no I I really I really love that and that's hard isn't it though when you're kind Mm -hmm. of being scrutinized and you kind of maybe feel like you you're not it's not your place to say but I love that phrasing these are your feedback sessions so Mm -hmm. make them work for you and you can express yourself you can you know you can say is it possible for us to have conversations in this way without it being Mm -hmm. loaded Mm -hmm. with you know a horrible tone or something that's going to cause friction absolutely yes just be about being transparent I think um yeah, so I loved that part about the um the, the discussion element of the feedback because you know it is it is important. And like you said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, we're not the finished article straight away. And if we were, then there'd be no need for, for any level of support, mm-hmm. would there? You know, so taking these kind of observations at face value and leaving them in the past when they need to be left in the past, but also letting them kind of drive you, continue to drive you forward. Because what I think as well about observations, if you think about it as a journey, you know, it's it's necessary to take the next step because 
that, that way you're always de developing not to get to the perfect practitioner because nobody ever gets there it's so Absolutely. you don't stand still it's so you don't <laughs> kind of get into this kind of you know comfort zone which feels you know nice and comfortable but we're not kind of um, challenging ourselves and so I think that this observation process early on in, in your career kind of sets the um the precedent really for that continual professional development which is also part of our job it's part of our world absolutely like you said if you have a trouble being observed in your training year and that constant pang in your stomach knowing that you're going to get observed that will follow you throughout your career and you can be 10 years into teaching yeah. and still hate somebody coming to your lesson when you shouldn't because as I go back to you going observing other teachers is the best CPD you'll ever have so when you want another teacher to come and see you and how amazing you are in the class it shouldn't fill you with dread so take ownership of that process from day one when you're training yeah amazing so if we flip the script a little bit now then and we think about it from a mm. mentor's perspective um what would your top three tips be for supporting an ect and then if you could does this advice differ for an ect plus one and if so why that's a lot sorry <laughs> No, I am. As, that's a really good question. And actually, what I would say for mentors or te any teacher supporting an ECT um, is really, really remember why we've got rid of NQT and RQT terminology. You know, we've, we've grouped them all under ECT. Always remember the E. They are early in their career. They are early career teachers. And that is really important to me. That development for anybody in any career will take time. And what I would say to any person supporting an early career teacher is remember the three letters FDC. Throughout the, the, throughout the three terms, early career teachers are going to be first of all finding their foundations that's rf they're going to be finding the foundations of actually what is a teacher a few of these will be career changers a few of these might have been working in schools under some non-teaching role who have then thought i'm going to get into teaching a few of them will be straight from university but at the beginning they're going to be knowing okay what is the foundation what do i need to know that next term develops where they are and that's what we need to be thinking about. Actually, they're not going to be perfect at the moment, but we're going to be developing on what we've already seen. We're going to have to revisit a lot of those foundation skills, obviously, because no one's ever going to be perfect, as you said, Jodie. But finally, you consolidate everything that they've gone through in that year worth of training. Now, just because we refer to it, as a consolidation term doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect and that's what I would say as well praise and develop them as the year but always remember that it's not going to be amazing by the end of that year because they are still early in their career um, my next my next tip would be again remembering that for some people this will be their first job out of university so it's all well and good modeling what a teacher should be and modeling pedagogy but what you will have to know as a mentor is you're going to have to model professionalism as well and model standards because some people might just not know how to actually work in a professional setting uh, and that's something that I just would say your people might not be thinking about that one uh, not expecting me to say that but be aware <laughs> to model professionalism it, I might go so far as you know 
after this whole pandemic and we're doing a lot of um, CPD online virtually, me having to tell people that they should be having their cameras on whilst I'm doing a session a few of them are like what really I was like yeah it's these professional things that I have to model, yeah. model to yeah. them and um, my final thing my final tip that I would say is check their well-being it's a difficult year and as a mentor constantly be there for them not only as a mentor but also as a support network really check their mental well-being their health how are they getting on because if they are able to bring themselves into work do you know when we're talking about the autumn two term for example where it's dark when they get up and it's dark when they go home and haven't seen sunlight in five days because it's not the weekend yet it's it's going to take a massive strain and remember how you felt when you were training and um, but yeah check check the well-being and um, you mentioned about working with ECT plus ones, you know, second year teachers. Um, I would say have all of that in mind, but we're talking about our third year now in our early career. So we've, we've trained, we've done our ECT, and now we might be at the point where we need to really be stretched. And what I would say to mentors working with ECT plus ones is put them on the spot, give them the chance to develop their practice, possibly being data conscious to inform their planning but really stretch them in any opportunity what i would say is also challenge them to take risks in their itt and early career teaching years they'll be doing a lot of remodeling what they've been taught through professional study sessions or cpds or if you work with mentors but in your third year they might actually be able to lead an initiative for example that might be something that the department wants to do i'm thinking in terms of your world in english it might be something to do with english and additional language or oracy or reading but leading an initiative and really taking risks might be something really um, uh, important for them and the third thing that I would say in a, in a positive manner but challenge them challenge them constructively because if you're turning up to work and you're not feeling challenged then all of a sudden you're going to stop that development of your practice and that's what you're going to constantly want to do so those are the messages that I would send out to anyone listening Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I love that. I love that bit for ECT plus ones about that kind of taking them to the next level, challenging them, getting involved with initiatives. I've just written a blog post actually on, on leadership, gaining that leadership experience. And there is nothing Brilliant. stopping you from doing that in those early years. You know, mm -hmm. it's all mm -hmm. experience that you can, you know, use to, um, you know, get yourself to the next um, point in your career. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, we've got some absolutely phenomenal mentors at our, at our school and I'm thinking about the ones in my department in particular and the time that they offer and the patience and the the so so willingly it makes such a massive difference it really such does difference to, to the experience of that person in who's early in in their career and so I would say take the role on if you have the capacity, the the time capacity, mm -hmm. the mind capacity, the um, you know, you've got to be willing to be that kind of constant source of compassion and I know I keep saying time, but you know, because it is quite time consuming, isn't it? The the role of it, a mentor. It really like, is. It 
it yeah. goes back to what you said about, you know, oh, Andy, do you know, why did you get into that world? And, you know, I got into that world because I've got a passion. And, you know, you might be listening to this, not not wanting to lead a whole ITT provision, but you might have a passion for developing others. And if yeah. that's if that's who you are and you've got that capacity in yourself, then working with early career teachers is just so beautiful for them, but also for yourself. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you this evening. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, if you are listening to this and you are an ECT or a training teacher, then the Busy Teachers Club might just be the thing that you need to support you, the subscription, the membership that we offer. So for $4.99 a month, you'll get nine exciting and manageable downloads, which include monthly CPD training and various resources to use in the classroom, including monthly diverse book recommendations and resource ideas. So keep listening to find out how you can join the club and have a brilliant week, guys. For more information on today's topic, head over to Instagram at Busy Teachers Club and look out for today's podcast post to join the conversation. I would love to hear your thoughts. The content of this podcast links perfectly with this month's Busy Teachers Club membership. For more support with your professional development, classroom resources and teacher well-being, head over to busyteachersclub.co.uk to learn more about our monthly subscription, which provides an abundance of timely support, resources and inspiration directly to your inbox every month. This will help you to continue to learn and grow as a teacher without having to do all of the research and planning yourself. What a time saver. With key monthly foci, including closing the gap, curriculum, teaching and learning, leadership and more. And with every month, including book recommendations and resources to help you to continue to diversify your curriculum. This really is a goldmine of value for $4.99 a month. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. And just remember, busy teachers, no matter how tough it feels, there is always light because the light is you.